0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining us here for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Log Talk Radio. I first want to thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me, waking me up, giving me the activities of my limbs, and yes, I can walk now. I guess. I'm not going to say I've been healed, but I am doing so much better now, so I am very grateful for that. And in studio, we also have Brianna who's here joining us. Brianna, you want to tell the listeners who you are and what you do and I'm also Hi. sending this information out?
2: Yeah, so I'm an intern. Um, right now I am getting my MSW at USC, um, and Jeanette brought me along in her, um, in her practice, so I'm just learning from her, and I'm just happy to be on this journey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you know what? And this is a very interesting journey. And
1: part of this is a lot of individuals, do not really have an idea of the concept of what we do as a therapist or even when we're in the field of mental health, which brings along today's topic. So I'm waiting on Mr. Cedric Boyd to call in because I didn't save his work number, so hopefully he'll call in and let me know. And we're going to be addressing the issue as it relates to homelessness. And homelessness is something that within the field, Brianna, that we work in, A lot of individuals may come to us with the, in the fact that they may be homeless, and a lot of individuals' perceptions, beliefs, the way people get treated, you never know what a person is going through. So we're going to be providing a lot of information today as it relates to addressing homelessness because I wrote some things down, and I said, is it a situation? Or is it a condition? Because many individuals look at the topic of homelessness differently. You know, my mother, I used to say, Lord, when I was 10 years old, my mom would kick us out. I said, this woman trying to make us homeless at 10. I don't even have a choice. In this. And she would yes. like, get out. And she would put us out and then call every family member and say, don't let them in your house. How you, that's oh child, up with child abuse. Yes. Child abuse. And but that was her thing, but that was her way of teaching us about our condition and learning how to appreciate what you have and there's a lot of ways that individuals can be placed in the situation of homelessness, and like I said, and we're gonna share a lot of that because I'm laughing about that, but when I was ten years old, I was in a whole different
3: context
1: to where I tell my grandson I'd be like, "Let's go camp in the backyard he'd be like, "I don't want to play homeless." <laughs> That's actually funny. (laughs) That's his thing is I don't want to play homeless, and I'm like, wow, you know. And he's just a kid, and that's his concept, and he's never been in a situation like that before. And so, as we're addressing this topic, and like I said, I'm going to be sharing a lot of information because there is a lot of information out there. There's a lot of resources out there. Sometimes individuals, hey Luther Keith, you know what, Luther? You can call in, too, Big Boo, because I'm quite sure what you do, you address the homeless community because you donate a lot of different things, whether it's food, whether it's how I mean clothes, shoes. You do a lot for the community. Because I had indicated, and I said, join myself and others as we address this concern as it relates to our homeless population. Because we talk about homelessness, that just basically is a condition of lacking stable, safe, and functional housing. But, you know, you've got a lot of people that are now adapted to RV living. Yeah. They're doing um, different ways of living. And then some individuals may view that as homeless, and some individuals may not. Is it a choice? Is it just the way people want to live? And that's why I want to hear what individuals have to say when we talk about this topic because, you know, for years many individuals thought of the other people's wants versus their needs. Sometimes we may want to give people something, but do they really want it? Or do they want it but really don't need it? So we start talking about funniness available. We start talking about what's out there. Sometimes that stuff gets abused, and people don't even realize that. And some individuals may have a sense of entitlement Mm -hmm. to where they feel like people owe them something or it's an easy way out. I remember when my son was about five years old. He saw the projects, and he said, Mom, um, what's that over there? And I said, those are the projects. Well, I want to live over there because the rent's cheap.
0: (laughs) Then he was like,
1: I'm going to live in the field. Now, oh, he's been practicing homelessness for a long time. So when he sent me a picture the other day, he posted something, and he was in the field, I said, oh, you've been wanting to live like that since you were five years old. Mm -hmm. So with some individuals, like I said, they can wind up in situations to where these can be beyond their control. Now, we started talking about this, and boo, big boo, if you want to call in, 516 387 nine one four, or what I can do is I can merge you also on the Facebook Live if you want to go on Facebook Live. Now, when we talk about homelessness, for years many individuals thought about our veterans. Mm-hmm. They thought about the military population, how when individuals would go to war or they would go into the service and they would come out of the service and they had nowhere to go, yeah. and the population – group. But then even today we have a, a homeless situation in Oceanside that's really bad as well as when I was a kid growing up I used to be afraid of skid Row. And some individuals fear homelessness or individuals. People are people and we have to treat people with love and we have to remember that some individuals may have disabilities and even if they have a disability and they're in a situation we shouldn't beat people down when they're already down. But then we have this thing where Do people want to live like that? Is it a way of avoiding having to pay rent? I don't want to pay no mortgage. I don't want to pay no. So we get that too. But we shouldn't just be so judgmental. Hey, Linda, we shouldn't be so judgmental where we already try to predict what another person's situation is because we really don't know. And like I said, um, not only in Oceanside, and we talked about the veterans, but I noticed that there's a lot of young adults. From all nationalities You know I've seen Caucasians I've seen Asians I've seen African Americans But I'm noticing when I was a kid I saw the homeless population Was more older individuals I would say maybe 40 and up But now I'm seeing teenagers That are homeless I'm seeing um, young adults What's your take on that With
2: Um, the young adults I would say I feel like most of it Is affected by Um, a lot of the younger kids, um, I've seen, like, stories where their parents, um, are not agreeing with the fact that they may be gay, like the LGBTQ community, a lot of their families, like, kick them out because Mm -hmm. they don't believe in, you know, same-sex marriage, so they get kicked out, they're living on the streets, um, another thing is, like, just Sometimes bad behavior or something, mm-hmm. like parents are just willing to kick their kids out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but bad. what you just seeing in
1: regards to parents wanting to or kicking kids out, mm-hmm. a, yada, a lot of young adults are not prepared. Yeah, they don't prepare themselves. Yeah. Or what they do is once they become an adult, they think they can say and do whatever they want to do in somebody else's house. Mm-hmm. And so when we start talking about. Um, stable, safe, functional housing. Sometimes people take advantage of that. Yeah. Sometimes you even have people that are individuals that are hoarders that go and they'll find vacant lots, vacant buildings, and things of that nature. Now, I'm not one. We talk about young adults that because I have adult children. My my son is I think he'll be 38 this year, and my daughter's 35, I believe she'll be 36 this year, so they're, they're older. But like what my son there are certain habits and behaviors that I'm not going to live with mm-hmm. to where I feel that sometimes people should try to get their own. Yeah. I'll help you if you're willing to help yourself, mm-hmm. but you can't just come stay with me and think you're going to just, i got to pay all the bills? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, that's not cool. But I am noticing that a lot. I hope, see you out there watching. I am noticing that, too, that a lot of individuals have been kicked out of their home. But if you're disrespectful and you're not abiding by your parents, they don't have to let you live there. Mm-hmm. Now, Also we see substance abuse. We see a lot of individuals that have substance use disorders and they may have lost some things in regards to their drug or alcohol use. Some individuals become unemployed. Uh, Mental illness. Uh, I noticed that with one of the major diagnoses I would say is more paranoid schizophrenia. You find that a lot of individuals, they find a sense of freedom of just being, not having a responsibility. And so those are just some of the things that we have to pretty much take into consideration. And I want to share with you guys that there are different types of homelessness. When I was looking up doing the research, one type is literally homeless. Mm-hmm. There are some individuals that have been homeless for years. Now, at this office location, you know, like by the Circle K, you see a lot of individuals. They yeah. put in gates, they build all yeah. kinds of stuff. It seems like we're in prison up in this building, yeah. and all they're trying to do is keep the homeless population out. But by the same token, if we try to give the homeless population resources, as long as the resources are not abused, can individuals are they looking for a handout or are they just looking for a opportunity? Mm-hmm. That's where it makes a difference. So we got the literally homeless. They just literally homeless. What's your
2: take on that? I don't
1: know where my cousin is. <laughs> um,
2: for me, I think when you're talking about the um they either abuse the, the system or they mm-hmm. actually are homeless. I think it all it is 50-50. I saw in an article one time that in San Francisco, they, they give monthly stipends to homeless mm-hmm. people, and it's like $600 a month mm-hmm. if you're homeless. So these people choose to stay homeless so they could keep getting that $600 a month. Mm-hmm. That's them abusing the, the system. But um, there are people who actually... Need it and use it to, correctly, so it's hard to
1: to differentiate yeah, between and, the two.
2: And to stop the resource, you can't just like stop. Uh mm-hmm. huh when people need it. Oh, they need you to get closer to the
1: okay. mic because they can't hear you. All right, Victor. <laughs> Thank you, Victor, for letting <laughs> us know. Um, Victor, you can also call in because I think you have a program out there or was working with individuals that work with veterans that are homeless. So if you have a program out there and or you provide resources or you know information, I want to hear also what you have, what you know, so that we can share information with individuals. Yes. Because there are some individuals that do know what's available, like in Oceanside, they know to go to Brother Beano's, or some individuals will go to the Salvation Army. They say they can't hear you.
2: Because oh, so, so I know I talk loud. i got
1: a big mouth. My I, mouth is about big in my head, so I talk a I'm loud. Sorry. I'll try to I'll
2: try to. <laughs> you might want to move
1: that bag out the way, so you got to get a little closer. Let's <laughs> Get a little closer to the thing, you know, so they can't hear what you're saying. You speak too loud. So, I do. So when we start talking about these different things and, you know, and we're just talking about just the, the mental illness, the substance abuse, the younger adults, or individuals just, just literally homeless. Like I said, growing up in Compton, we had skid row, and some individuals would do more of the scared straight. And... But then sometimes people adapt to their living conditions. I know people that I'm gonna know them personally. Yeah. But I've seen individuals living under the bridge where they grow. They got jacuzzis hooked up, lights, and what?
0: girl, They make a. <laughs>
1: they got some <laughs> Taj Mahal tents. They yeah yeah. Wow. So, but the thing is, we have to not be so judgmental. We gotta take away the stereotype. Yes. And that's one of the things that I, I really wanna say in regards especially to the um literally homeless. And then we also have the imminent risk of homelessness. Some individuals are one paycheck from being homeless. Mm-hmm. When the pandemic hit, even though people were dealing with COVID, oh, you said unfortunately oh okay, no problem. You have an appointment. But if you want to type your information on there, if you want to share your information, because I think the last time we talked you had information about um, veteran services. But um, imminent risk of homelessness. Before I even speak on that, I want to say this and we talk about resources. A lot of times individuals run a church. They expect the church to take care of the homeless populations. The church cannot do it all by themselves. We need more than just the church, we need the federal government, we need state, we need local communities, we need programs, we need a lot of different things. Okay, I have a caller calling in, let me log on this caller, but uh, like I said, church do get some donations, yeah. but they don't always get a whole lot of donations, to help everybody in their in their um, city. Hi, this is Jeanette, welcome to Precious Predicaments, number N 1650. What would you like to share as it relates to this topic?
4: good morning sister Jeanette. this is pastor don g and ceo uh i feel that the world is coming out of the pandemic this is the year of michael jordan it's time for us to put our game face on our game face on and put our hard ass on and get back busy
0: mm-hmm. and that's,
4: on that note i drop my plane but i mean we all been locked away from our loved ones and from the life as a whole and if we don't get busy now tomorrow won't be promised so i i'm just calling to support the show and I'm going to call and say, thank you.
1: Well, you know what? I thank you, too. And even being in ministry, and like I said, in a lot of times the churches come up not get a bad rap because many of the homeless populations run to the church wanting some help, and the church may not always be able, are uh, available to be able to provide a lot of the resources that many individuals think that they have. So we just have to become more knowledgeable, and the no Internet problem. is also called 211 211- in your area, which used to be like 411 to get information, but they have InfoLink. And when InfoLink, yeah. they provide a lot of the information to individuals to try to help them to obtain resources if they want it. A lot of times you have parents, when we're talking about the imminent risk of homelessness, individuals trying to find places to go, shelters to go. And I'm not saying all shelters are good all shelters are bad, because it's the people that makes the difference. When we talk about... Yeah, yeah trying to find a place to stay, because I'm going to hold on to my food, I got candy, I'm hoarding stuff, but you know, but you got to think about when you, what other don't know, take my food in the shelter, you know, <laughs> i am mean, getting kicked out, you know, is we got to be aware of these things, you have some individuals that have been sexually assaulted in shelters, and so they don't yeah. know where to go. Some individuals are victims of crimes. They can wind up in shelters. But we talk about the imminent risk of homelessness. Like I said, many individuals are one paycheck away from being homeless. And like I said, when COVID, hit, when COVID hit, it went bad for a lot of people. So you have individuals that are homeless and sick, and they were trying to provide resources, giving people hotel vouchers. And it's sad that some individuals did abuse it. They went and they told them hotels up. Uh, Santa Ana, because I have an office in Orange County, right there in the courthouse, right there they had a whole community of individuals that was with, within the homeless population. And I'm like, this is right there in their face. What are you going to do about this? How are you going to go to court and you leave in the court and you look at a whole big old area of individuals that are homeless? Then they had, um, I, I want to say it was called a village, but they had individuals in Orange County living like in a canal area. Well, they got mayors. Girl, they got, they, they govern that. They, they not mayor. They, they were not.
0: Playing.
1: Oh, wow. So I had to clean a lot of that up. Um, Pastor Don, what is your take on some of this? Because, like I said, some areas have tried to improve because there was so much money out there, but then some individuals are still lacking resources even for the imminent risk of homelessness.
4: Well, I, my my take on it is like this. I'm doing something proactive about it. I have the winning team go Connection Store. We're going to purchase 22 abandoned buildings, and we're going to put people within a 50-mile radius back to work. Ninety percent of the crimes that's committed are by the abandoned buildings. So instead of trying to uh, change the world, I want to start with the smaller cities first and then go out to a massive scale. So my, my take on it is I have to be proactive. I have to get off and behind the pulpit. Go to where the people are and meet people where they are and bring resources. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's going to bring forth a lot of change.
1: It will. It will. And you know what? And I like that because what you're seeing is bringing resources, education. Yes, uh, even if you don't want to get a degree, you can get a learn a trade. Some individuals don't realize that there's grants out there that are available. There's a lot of funding out there, even if you have a mental health issue or you know you are an introvert in regards to your personality. There's things that you can do to learn a skill or a trade. But then it becomes like, ooh, I gotta go to the grocery store and I gotta pay this for eggs and utilities is this high. And I was doing better living on the streets, you know.
3: You mm-hmm. got some individuals
1: that make more money panhandling than they do go at a job. You know, I remember. I'll cool. never forget. You know, I had a lady that worked for me. She was driving off the freeway, and she had some calls juniors. And she pulled over to give the person some food,
2: and the person said, oh, yeah. oh, don't eat. <laughs> <laughs> "No, not oh, No, that just reminded me of a story. I was in LA, and I had a pizza, and I had a box of pizza, and I was, you know, and I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna give it to this homeless person. They didn't want the food. They mm-hmm. were like, do you have money? Mm-hmm. Like, they'd rather have the money than the food. And I was like, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? And that goes to the attitude. Yeah. A lot of
1: times individuals have the attitude, I don't want to give you my money because I don't want you to buy no drugs. Yeah. Whatever
2: they do with the money, um... they do with the money. You also, take I never told mm-hmm. But I was just like, I felt rejected by the homeless person. <laughs> For not taking the pizza, I was gonna get
1: them. And, oh know. yeah, they don't want uh uh. You got some like when we talk about don't eat pork. You try to get no, they don't eat that. They can they be in better shape than we are most of the times, you know. So, but we just need to be mindful of that because there are individuals, are people too. So we talk about the imminent risk yeah. of homelessness. Um, Doctor Don, I mean, Pastor yeah. Don, what would you like to speak on in regards to being at imminent risk of homelessness? What are some of the things that you may see in a congregation in church? Because we have individuals that are ch- at church that come to church, fellowship, worship. Sometimes you may not even know their they're homeless. You don't know their situation. Years year Amen. ago, when the housing market crashed. You had people living in their cars, sleeping in Mercedes and BMWs at Walmarts. What's your take on that, Dr. Don? I mean, Dr. Don?
4: Mm-hmm. My my take is like this. I was raised in a two-parent household, and I, I feel like charity starts at home first. So as a people and a community, not just being a black man in America, but I'm saying I'm in America. This is the only country where every race and everybody has an opportunity, but we have to capitalize and utilize what we have and be effective with limited resources. So coming on radio shows like this, I'm on 7 to 12 shows per day, every day. I believe in putting the word out and then by the way, they say my sheep will hear my voice. So if you don't put the word out and tell people you need the resources, you can't achieve and get gain the resources. So my own take on it is like this. If we don't work together before the problem happens, we can't talk about the solution. I, I feel like we need to get together, have more healthy conversation like this, and actually start doing something. Don't just send the email. Call somebody. Did you get the email? And then after that, we're going to be all right.
1: Mm-hmm. You're right. We got to share resources. Okay. My cousin Definitely. is logging on now on. Hello, Mr. Cedric. How are you doing today? Eric. Okay. You want to share with okay. the listeners who you are, what you do, because this is a topic you wanted to talk about. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me, Jeanette? I can. Okay, because you want to tell the listeners who you are, what you do, because this is a topic that you, you wanted to bring to the table.
5: Hang on one second. I'm having a little trouble.
1: Can you still hear me? I can hear you. Uh-oh. I yeah? can hear you. Okay. okay We're cool. going back and forth, Patrick, but I can hear you. Yes.
5: Okay, because I'm in the car and it's raining.
1: Oh, you know what? Y'all weather down there in Sacramento, you guys can have that. It was so cold. Yeah, I
5: don't know cold, what's, I don't know what's going I'm on up here, girl
1: it was yes, cold
5: it's not like that generally
1: yeah it's generally not
5: like this i don't know what's going on um, uh-huh. but anyway um yeah um i'm my name is Heavy Boyd um i'm an author i'm a personal services coordinator for a uh, for a company called Hope Cooperative now and um what we do is what, what what i do is connect uh mentally ill people with housing with doctors with uh with uh, medication, with food and resources if they're homeless. And even if they're not homeless, we still try to stabilize their, uh, their living situation and their uh,
1: environment
5: as best we can.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, Cedric, when I was there and I was telling Jerome, I said, you know what, it's too cold to have a homeless population out here. It is just too cold. And then before we left, what yeah. did I see? A person on a bicycle that looked homeless. I said, do you survive?" It's like you just die out there. That's how freaking cold it was. Now, but when we start talking about resources, and you and I were sharing some things, a lot of individuals are not aware of some of the information that is out there, Cedric. What is, what is, what is the way that, a, let's say I have an a 18-year-old, and I find out that my 18-year-old has um, paranoid schizophrenia or has a drug problem, and this person can't stay in my home. I, I can't live like this what are some of the things in your area that you know that is available? Or what is a parent to do? Because many parents don't want their children to be homeless, but sometimes if you don't do something, you go be homeless. So right. what did you
5: say? Well, there's, um, there's a couple of programs. There's um, room and boards, which are uh, for clients that aren't as severely um, challenged in terms of their mental health or maybe their drug addiction or anything like that. Um, there's room and board and there's also board and cares board and uh-huh. cares are a little bit different they have they're they're fully staffed you know um they assist you with taking your medication they assist you with um they assist you with transportation you know meals and stuff like that and that depends on what what level your your um client will fall under. See level level fours are reserved for people that are um a little more severely um I guess what's what's the term I'm looking for? Um, Honestly
1: mentally ill.
5: Yeah, yeah, a little more severely mentally ill. Level threes and twos are for people that are functioning that just need assistance or people mm-hmm. as myself, like service coordinators and you know, just kind of assisting them until they can, you know, get to a level where they can take care of it themselves. So depending on you know, it depends on how severe how severely mentally ill your your child is at that point. Um but there's places you can reach out, you can go to the county mental health clinics. Um there's a lot of uh, people sub, subcontracted through the county like myself um at uh Oak Cooperative. So there's a lot of resources. Um your best place to start I think is I don't know if they have it in Los Angeles now. It's 288, dialing 288, and there's a mental health professional that can steer you to, um, to help.
1: Mm-hmm. I you know that have, a lot of people have a call, a- 211. Um, Pastor Don, I see you back on sure. the line, so I, I clicked you back on. So when we talk about that, like I said, there are help. Um, county I'm
0: clinics.
1: Here. A lot of information with county clinics and utilizing your community resources. So you gotta, and, and you know what? I'm gonna tell you this. When they people was complaining about Obama phones and all of this other stuff, and giving individuals access to internet services, so people have the availability and the the capability to get information. Yeah, information is the key way to, to the tools to help with some of this. Is by knowing what's out there and what's available, and not trying yeah, to. Minim- no. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. People don't know, and, like, they just think they're defenseless out here
5: that there's not a lot of programs, and there's a lot of money and a lot of programs that can assist you in getting back on your feet. Mm-hmm. You know, you just like you said, you can call 2 uh, one You know, they have a lot of programs. And, and 288 is if you're in distress, um, mm-hmm. like you're having an episode and you're in mental distress. I don't know if that's available in Los Angeles right now, but you'll get on the phone with a mental health professional. They'll send somebody out to wherever you're at. And, uh, you know, it's, instead of calling 911 and potentially escalating the situation, and we know how um, the police respond to our people
1: when there's, when there's some sort of –
3: Well, you know what,
5: Cedric?
1: I want, to, I want to touch on that a little bit, and this is the sad part. I remember when I was training in law enforcement, and it's mm-hmm. sad – but the police department, the court systems are now becoming a little bit more knowledgeable because they had very education resources as it related to homelessness as well as mental illness. So we have what's called now a mental health court that address individual mental health issues. We have what's called a homeless court. I know we have these things in California. I can only speak on what I know. I can't share information in other county states communities, countries, but we have that here. And what they do is they try to make sure that they are connecting individuals with the appropriate services. It's kind of like, said when we were talking about, we were having dinner, we were talking about the ACE, that the adult wow. severity Um, score. Many individuals don't even realize that. And also talking about, um, now, oh, the CANS assessment. The CANS assessment wow. assess people's needs. And once you find out what a person needs, you're able to help them more because what you may give them is what they they may not even want. Now, this office, like I said, we know, I said, we got this kind of barricaded up in here. When I was at the other location in Oceanside, I don't know what it was. I didn't even need security because I had homeless people sleeping at my front door. And I would pull up, and they would be like, I feel comfortable here. I feel safe here. It was really weird. I'm like... I couldn't even get in my door. They didn't even know who I was or what I did. But even in my Fullerton office, I always had individuals homeless sleeping at my front door. And I'll never forget one time, um, because I'm one that um, I used to always give back to the community by Thanksgiving. Once my mom passed and my sister's was gone, I was like, I ain't got nobody to cook for, I ain't got nothing to do. I would cook for my clients is what I would do. And I'll never forget one time I had a whole lot of food and I went to my office and it was late at night and this woman had a wheelchair and was sleeping by my door in a cardboard box. And I pulled up and I blew the horn and she was like she wanna move. And my daughter said, Mom, you can give her the food. I said, Uh oh, I'll give her some money before I give her my food my, my daughter said, Mom, you know your money was worth way more than giving her money was worth way more than giving her your food. You know, but it goes back to, like you said, the rejection. Sometimes you don't want to be rejected, and they don't want to be rejected either. Right. Um, another right. thing, talking about the different types of homelessness besides the literally homeless, the imminent risk of homelessness, homelessness under federal um, statutes. We have what's called living below the poverty line that a lot of individuals don't even realize. Oh, I know what I was about to say. I was talking about law enforcement because somebody brought that up. Do you know that... For years, they used to view it as non-human involved. They would mistreat the homeless populations, and I'm not even consider them as a human being. But what happened was so many lawsuits occurred because just because that person is homeless, you don't know who the hell their family is. Yeah. You just sat up there and well, mistreated somebody, and now you've been sued. They did realize that. So we got that. And then we also have the fourth one is or attempted to flee domestic violence or relationship. Some individuals will say, you know what, I would rather live on the street to be in a domestic violence situation, or be abused, or be sexually assaulted, or be in a toxic violent relationship. Cedric, what is your take on that? Because a lot of times we kind of minimize, we think everybody has a mental health issue, but what about those that are fleeing um, domestic violence or a toxic relationship? And they become homeless because their home is no longer safe. Right. Well, they,
5: well, you know, the city of Sacramento I'm sure Los Angeles, they have a lot of uh, domestic violence shelters,
2: mm-hmm. you know, that are
5: available. If people don't know, again, the information, if people don't know where they are and people can't get in contact with um, the agency. Um, they're basically useless if you don't know where they are. So so all we can do is really encourage the people to dial. Um, if anybody's in that situation and law enforcement isn't helping them, um, there's just so many shelters. Weave, and, and there's just there's so many places that women can go with children. But um, the, the important thing is to try to get the information. And, again, 2 on one is an excellent source. Um, I don't know how we would get the word out about mm-hmm. these places. That I'm not sure. Um,
1: One of the things, Cedric, I said, the Internet is powerful. Now, we have another caller calling in. Let me lock this person on, since so they have any information they want to share. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Purchase Predicaments, number internet 4449 What would you like to share with the listeners as it relates to this topic?
6: Hi. Hi, uh, this is Kerby Dangin, CEO. Invited me to. But okay, we can't. In and
1: um, I can hear you, but it kind of sounds like it's kind of breaking up. Now, what would you like okay, to hear? Okay, but I'm,
6: I'm tuned in. And,
1: okay, got you, got you. You just tuned in. Is there anything you want to share? Any resources you know that is available?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Because you know what people that have went from rags to riches. There have been individuals, um, there's a young lady, and I wish I would have called her, I wasn't even thinking about it, her name is Blossom, and she wrote a book and got things, information about living under a bridge and how she now blossomed also from her current situation to where she's at now. I know quite a few success stories of individuals. Tyler Perry was a success story of being homeless. Steve Harvey talked about being homeless. Nobody is immune from this. It can happen to oh, anybody. So we gotta make sure that we don't take advantage of our situation that we're in. Ma'am, what was you about to say in regards to that?
6: Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't know this was anything about homelessness or anything like that. However, <clears throat> I can share with you what I've been through. I um me and my husband, we was living in our car. That's yes, totally. um, horrible. Mm-hmm. We uh, yes, we it it was horrible. And then God took us from living in our car to owning an 18-wheeler and a video production company. And I also have a gig coming up with Snoop Dogg and Heidi Klum and her daughter. It's like a cartoon because I do voiceovers and mm-hmm. I'm just I just wanna say, you know God will take you from rags to riches, you know, mm-hmm. I gave up everything that I was doing because man man God had a talk, you know, and once he spoke to me out loud, it was you you gotta stop with oh so mm-hmm. after that, God just started opening doors. you know we're filming Black Cowgirl movie right now um I've been in a bunch of movies made you know the money that. God, and met a lot of good people, a lot of good friends, you know. So, to anybody that's homeless, uh, I, I would. I even have a, a group where we actually go and find homeless people on the street,
2: and we mm-hmm.
6: give them a haircut, you know, get them a job, mm-hmm. and you know, get them back on their feet. We even have a place for them to stay. We're booked up right now. But we have a a home that we're gonna have coming up in July. Where we we're, we're gonna go get three more people. And you know what's you know, interesting you said home. that
1: my I mean, I have a big heart and um I remember when I had my Fullerton the office there was a guy my daughter had he had a seizure one day in front of my office. He came into my office with a rose for my daughter and they were for Love Lads. And I
0: said,
1: Something <laughs> about this so I found out that this man <laughs> businesses. His mm-hmm. wife had died of cancer. Mm-hmm. He became homeless. Very uh,
0: smart. Wow. This
1: man would tell me about my therapist, everybody. My client, my my counselors would get mad because they thought the homeless man was running the company. <laughs> me and that man, we were we <laughs> were like It we was, we was straight tight. <laughs> and it's crazy because one <laughs> year it was my birthday fell so on Easter and I said, Well what are you doing for Easter? He said nothing. I said, My daughter's gonna pick you up and bring you to my house. He didn't believe me. My daughter drove to Fullerton, gave that man a ride, brought him to my house. I'm at work, right? I got a homeless man from Fullerton <laughs> in my house, calling me, to that. yeah, I just made your grandkids lunch, <laughs> girl." The man, oh, wow. the man, then the next morning, I'm there. I don't know mental health. I know he, 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 the next morning that man came downstairs with a Bible in his hand, had shaved at my house, took a shower. I didn't recognize he was the same person, but he appreciated that. Let me um log somebody else in. We got another caller calling in. Number in and in four nine five three. So like I said, don't mm. underestimate nobody. do And you know what, ma'am, I am very proud of you and what you do, and you didn't give up. And see, that's another thing that we don't realize. is some people, there's homeless families out there. You know, it's not Thank just you. mental health. Thank it's you. not just. It's a, it's not that, you know, yeah, we have individuals that come out of prison and they don't have no place to go, but there's a lot of different situations that people are dealing with. Okay, somebody just logged on and their number is ending in, I believe it's four nine five. What would you like to add to this show? You
7: know, you talk about uh, addressing the homeless. That's the church's responsibility foremost than anything else. It's not the federal government. And churches just step forward because they use their 503 503- their their tax exempt status is for them to provide a service that people would otherwise look to the federal government for, and they're not doing it, apparently.
1: Let me say this. I'm going to agree to disagree out of respect because there are a lot of churches that are broke. They don't have the money to do that. It's a community responsibility, not just the church. Because you got different denominations of churches. you got People don't want to go to the mosque. They don't want to go to the synagogue. They don't want to go to the blue. So when we just put all the responsibility on the church, we're projecting that onto the church. It takes more than just the church.
7: Saying, who in the, the community is responsible?
1: That, well, but when you say just the church, when you say it's not the federal government, we get billions and billions not- of Away to other countries to help with their situations. The money comes from the federal government. There's money set no. aside.
7: No, the federal government gets this powers. The federal government gets this powers from the state.
1: Sir, let me Not let me dis- say this. Sir, I, we gonna agree to disagree, and I'm saying this as a business owner who also worked for Orange County Healthcare Agency and saw where a lot of that funding was coming from, have set it boards, went to Sacramento, and I've seen it. So I can't say where all this money, and I'm not one that knows the church politics, but I'm not going to just say that this is all the church responsibility, because if that's the case, the people in the responsibility, that means that they should also go attend the church that they're going to get the services from, and they won't, and they don't. Well, you're talking a-
7: about Orange County. You're talking about a state that's California. That's not the federal government. There's, no, nothing um, in the Constitution that allows, there's nothing in the Constitution that allows Congress to take care of the homeless. Sir,
1: again, we're going to agree to disagree? Because when
7: we, we, you start talking about the Constitution, that's, that do you know how long ago the Constitution was written? Okay. That so, don't make no difference. It still hey, lives today. Sure. How long would ago that- was the Bible written?
1: Sir, I would say this: go online, Google, use Google, funding, and see what some of that money is coming from. It ain't just coming from the church. Church is just because you have yeah. a just because you have a nonprofit, a nonprofit, nonprofit tax status. It doesn't mean people are giving you money. People are not just giving church money. Where are they supposed to get it from?
7: Well, here's so we the point. And here's the point. And the federal federal funds come from U.S. taxpayers. Some taxpayers don't want their money going there. So it okay. shouldn't fall on the back of the federal government. It should be on those charitable organizations. That's why they are set up as charitable organizations.
1: But, sir, if people don't donate to those charitable organizations, they don't get the money. They don't get the money. Like I said, you're talking, about, you're talking to a woman who owns two companies. I am a business owner. I I have a, a young lady that I work with that we help do the the, the, the um, uh, non profit organization. I have people that work with me that have businesses that are nonprofit organizations. So we gotta do our homework. Let me um let me log on this person. Okay, we have another caller calling in, and the number is one one six two. And like I said, we gotta utilize our resources. And part of this has become the mindset. And like I said, I know for years many individuals just ran to the church looking for stuff, but then once I started going to church and I started seeing what was the church, they didn't have it. And people were disappointed. Yes. They were very upset and disappointed. Just because you have a nonprofit organization doesn't mean you have the money to do that. Yeah. Okay? Um, Carla just logged in at 1162. What would you like to add to this topic? Okay? Guess you she ain't got nothing to say. Okay, Cedric, cousin. I don't know where my cousin went. but cousin, what would you? Okay, in you your, know what we had. Okay, is that Cedric, Cedric? Hey,
5: Jeanette. Jeanette, yeah. What would
1: you like to say hey in regards to um, the caller? What would you like to say or your comment in regards to the caller with the perception that, that it's the church's responsibility to take care of the homeless population?
5: Jeanette, Jeanette, go to somebody else. I got, I got caught up real quick. Okay, got you. Pastor you hit somebody
1: Don, else. Don, you on yeah. the air. You a pastor. Pastor Don, sure. is it your responsibility to take care of your community with the homelessness? Even though we have outreach programs, even though we got all of this stuff going on, what is your take on that, Pastor Don, if you're still there? Okay. You know, a lot of times, and this is just a roundtable to mm-hmm. talk about things, because some people say it should be another person's own personal responsibility to take care of themselves. If we look at it from that perspective. Give me one second. Hey Steven, you know I'm on the radio, right? No, I did not know you were on the radio. Okay. Okay, well since so you just got out of school and I want you to speak on this because you had made a comment before about individuals that were talking about um, outreach programs, especially in prison and going to the jails. Addressing homelessness is the topic for today. What are some of the resources that are available for individuals that are just getting out of jail from being incarcerated to help to try to, because one of the things is we need to focus on little more, trying to educate people about homelessness and trying to prevent homelessness. Because sometimes individuals that are coming out of jail after being in jail for years, it doesn't even have to be years. It could be, if you send me to jail for 90 days, I'm in trouble. So how am I gonna pay my bills in ninety days? So Stephen, what are some of the the information that you may have in regards to that? And, and I want to say, Linda said it is not the church responsibility all the time, even though there are churches that go downtown to feed the homeless. That's true. Okay, um, Stephen, what would you like to say about individuals that are um, getting out of are incarcerated and don't have nowhere to go and can become homeless?
0: Well.
1: Uh, yeah.
3: I just happen to be fortunate enough to have family where I wasn't in that situation. But um, in a situation where a person who isn't that fortunate, um, I don't think it's, you know, where you go. I think it's like who you know. I happen to know a few people who actually gave me hookups on how or where to go to, you know, and then that's how I was able to find out. To get a job and whatnot to the people I do mm-hmm. so nothing about the group just certain people that I do it's, it's, it's like the old saying is, like not what you know is who you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that in Europe today with me, basically. The not just, mm-hmm. just, you know, why I knew, but the people that I knew. Mm-hmm. And they were able to, you know, send me to, you know,
1: these places and give me addresses and phone numbers and emails and people to call. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um Give me, one second. Give me one second, Stephen. Okay, Victor, you asked me what the number. The number to call in on the show is 516-387-1914. Because if individuals are in church ministries, if they have nonprofit organizations, uh, I wish Luther Keith would have called in because he's been doing a lot for the individuals in the communities of L.A. Like I said, in every city have their own homeless concerns. And I want to know what are people's concerns because some individuals feel like, oh, I'm not worried about it. It don't affect me. It affects you, especially when you're looking at crime, when you're looking at mental health, when you're looking at substance use, when you're looking at the homeless veterans, when you're looking at your own child. You know, you got people that parents can, so can become homeless based on the death of a loved one. You know, if, if you are a young adult living with your parents and your parents are the primary provider of the home and yet they pass away, what are you supposed to do? And some individuals are not prepared. Okay? So again, if you oh, have... So, yeah, but genetic, you're talking about people
3: who aren't prepared. If a person is not prepared, it doesn't make a difference how many tools you get. If you're not prepared, you're not gonna know how to use that tool. And that starts inside of prison. You gotta be prepared Society. When you're inside of prison, so anything you do have a problem like this, you know how to handle it, as opposed to reverting back to your old, you know, ways, you uh-huh. know, of, of stealing and shooting and robbing and stuff. So that, 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 that's 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 I think that's a different a different situation, though. Uh-huh.
0: You
3: know, that's first. Uh-huh. That's first inside of prison. Uh-huh. When you get raised come home and they killed, you come home, you gotta be prepared, uh-huh. You gotta be prepared it's always going to be, you know, a stumbling block that's going to be placed in front of you. And if you are not prepared mentally, while you're in prison, to deal with that stumbling block when you get on the street, then you're not prepared at all, period. Uh-huh. Literally, you're not prepared at all, period. And I think that's the most important thing that people tend to forget. You uh-huh. know, it's smart, you know, if your depend before you touch down on the street. Uh-huh. So are my you advice know? is that, you know, you need to be the spark
1: Correct. And, okay, you said no sound. I don't know what you mean by no sound, Victor. Um, I'm trying to... I know I had Mr. Steven on here sharing, and we got the little phone. I'm going to have to go invest in me another mic. Every time I get a mic, you know, my daughter bought me this little board thing. i got to find it because, you know, I don't know the modern technology stuff. Um, to try to help so we can, and I, I have little speakers to try to boost it. Now, I want to share some information, and with the information that I'm talking about, it talks about seven major causes of homelessness, now, imagine having an unexpected curveball thrown at you full force, and most of the time that's what causes homelessness. A drastic change in your life that temporarily, temporarily throws you off track. Some individuals are not prepared for that. And, oh, you know what we you know, talking about gentleman, Some individuals are that? That gentleman
7: is right. Where I is the family? In preparation, <laughs> you got to have a family, a family responsibility. If you're a daughter, son, that's parents. That's it's reason it's family, you're not okay. supposed to throw that on the nation period. I'm staying okay. in a state that i don't like you're talking about in California, I don't like sanctuary cities for illegals, I don't like strict anti gun laws. I don't like the things that California proposed like a transgender okay. and so forth. I don't want my federal dollars going to that state. that's why I don't live there
1: Okay. okay. And you know what? And that's fine. I mean, we all we all have our attitudes and our perceptions about things. But you know what? And this is the thing. When we talk about our federal dollars, all that money goes into a big federal pool. They don't even differentiate it like that. And once we give it or once they take it, we don't know where that money is going. Now, I, I, I failed to mention individuals that become homeless because of, natural disasters. When we had Hurricane Katrina, many individuals became homeless. When we had these tornadoes and these storms or these fires, many individuals became homeless. Yeah. And these things happened, and they had to basically, it threw them off track. It really did. Now, sometimes the cause of homelessness can't even be pinned down to one particular cause but rather than a mixture of circumstances in someone's life that steers them off the off right path. Now, they talked about seven different types of um, ways that most individuals can become homeless. Lack of trustworthy relationships, that's one. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody can't – I'm not going to even say it's the family's responsibility. Okay, you know what, Victor? Five one oh. Victor told me to call him. Okay, Stephen, hey, I'm going to call you 516-387-1914 is the phone number, Victor. Okay, somebody said, Linda saying that there are homeless people out there that had jobs. There's a whole family living in their cars because of lack of money or loss. She put loss. Now I want to click on it and mess the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. Or, you know what, and yeah, they have. A, they, there's a lot of different reasons. But lack of trustworthy relationships is one, being in a relationship you're in. Illnesses and disabilities is another one. Girl, some people, medical bills are so expensive, they can lose their house over medical bills, which is ridiculous. A chronic illness can prevent someone from going to work and they can lose their job. And without a steady income, how are you able to afford where you live? Abuse. Do you know that more than 90% of women experience homelessness, attest at some form of physical or sexual abuse during their lifetime? Whether they ran away from home, whether they ran away from an abusive partner. Not only that, not only with women, men too. Men being in an abusive relationship, working but in poverty. There are a lot of people that are work, that have jobs, but they still live below the poverty line. Okay, let me. I think this is Victor calling in. Okay. Number ending in one one six two. Victor, is that you?
8: Yes, it is. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, I can, Victor. What would you like to share? And I want to say, Victor, you know we've been knowing each other ever since elementary school. <laughs> and I want you to know, I am proud of you, Victor. I am very proud of you and the work that you do. And you can touch on some things as it relates to the callers. Um, what? It's, I don't want to say because there's no right or wrong. It's about providing information. But you also help ministries and churches try to uh, seek and obtain funding. You also do tell, – tell me what you do, Victor.
8: Well, we help churches build fundable programs to impact their community vision.
0: Uh-huh.
8: And you, um, I, I – I, I, can you hear me?
1: Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm Hello? listening. I'm listening.
8: Okay. So I was listening to the caller, and he – He wasn't about the churches and the nonprofit. The churches' responsibility to take care of the uh, the homeless and the poor. Uh, From a biblical standpoint, he's speaking accurately. But from a governmental standpoint, um, or viewer standpoint, uh, the government do have access for churches to fulfill those obligations of supporting. Uh, those uh, less fortunate and those homeless, uh, but the churches are not in position to access the grant funding based off of the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they have a faith-based initiative, because they know that churches have um, any nonprofit needs, uh, they need numbers and churches have numbers and they also have the desire to serve. But mm-hmm. churches are not set up to receive the funding because churches are, most churches, should I say, are not structured as a business, uh, as a nonprofit organization. And grant funders speaks to nonprofit organization and they fund nonprofit organizations. It doesn't matter if you're a church or not. It's just the infrastructure that they fund, saying that you have the ability to walk off the services that you said you can do and be able to um, be able to account for the monies and have a transformation with the resources that they provide most churches are not set up that way to receive that type of funding
1: you know what victor you said something that's powerful and i want to put it out there because we have a misperception you got to account for that money just because you apply yes. for a grant don't abuse it because you go to jail for that yeah. You know, well, you can't even
8: – it's very not, difficult to get it.
1: Mm-hmm. It is difficult to get okay. it because when you're going and you're filling out them RFPs or you're filling out these grants because they got um, county funding. They got um, – they used to have what's called bid bid sync and buy net. Those were the two different um, bidding purchaser that we would have to go through. I haven't did it in years. To apply for any type of grant because it would start from you know sometimes the federal government and you got the state then it to the county then the county would allocate resources to different program providers and you know and the, the thing is just a tax status when you're talking about the 501c but by that same token you got to apply for the grant if you don't apply for the money ain't going to just fly into your just jump in your mailbox It don't work like that. It's a lot of paperwork. You've been seeing me sitting here for months, and like I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta do, and I ain't did nothing. (laughs) But (laughs) you feel me, class we got. All right, so Victor, what else would you like to share with um with the listeners in regards to? Because like I said, I know you work with veterans, and um, we see that we see individuals that are working but in poverty. That you know some homeless individuals, people say get a job. There are homeless people that have a job, yeah. but you can't afford it. Well, yeah,
0: and
1: it, it, was the number one uh, reason that they saw was the lack of affordable housing. Yeah. Many people can't yeah, afford that's, it. It's
8: crazy. But that is a, a a a like you said, they have so many different variations of what homeless definition is. Mm-hmm. Um. There's homeless definition called the McKinney Veto Act, which is for the school district. And that states that it can be two or three families housed together, and that's considered homeless as well. Um, So that's a different type of funding that's allocated as well. Then you have chronic homelessness, uh, which is someone who's been on the street uh, over a year or more or had several, three different episodes, and within one year, they can be considered as chronic homelessness. But the big the misconception is that government funding leaves – government funding is for people who have some type of disability, disability or issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not saying you, just because you become homeless uh, that, you, that the federal government is going to give you money. That's when you have to go apply for county aid – and those type of programs that's been they call it rapid rehousing.
0: Mm-hmm.
8: So there's all different types of homeless programs that's out there, but the thing is we kind of gulp everyone in the same boat. Mm-hmm. But it, you have to understand yeah, how it ones actually works. Uh, that's where go, the oh. problem comes in. Yeah. And what was you about to
7: say? Yeah. So the federal government today bringing in Ukrainian refugees and giving them all those perks, Afghan refugees, Syria. that's wrong. We're not supposed to be taking care of the world. Los Angeles County is supposed to take care of Los Angeles. Texas County takes care of Texas County. When you bring people in from outside of this country that never paid into the taxing system, no. Definitely no.
8: But there is enough resources out there for our or profit organizations, but a lot of times our nonprofit profit organizations not set up to serve homeless populations. It's a difference between program. The federal government funds programs; they don't fund activities. Most churches have activities, and you have to fund your own activities. But when you start putting your 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 non-profit churches, non-profit is just a tax status. Yep. it's not a so business I mean. model it's not a business model so every nonprofit is a corporation before you apply for your tax status mm-hmm. so the difference is that when you apply for a federal you're saying for your organization as any organization, that any business you're saying that we don't provide a product we provide services and that's where the nonprofit comes in at You're providing service, and based off the service that you're going to provide, if you're showing them how you're going to serve them and what's going to be outcome and what's going to be measured, then Mm -hmm. you put yourself in a position to get government funding because they want you to tell your story on how you're going to serve that person from the time you come in the door until the time they exit, what was the transformation. But if Mm -hmm. you're not set up to even do that, if you're not set up to do that, then it doesn't matter what you may feel emotionally about what the government's not doing. It's like the Lord you said, know, "Give unto Caesar one Caesar, and give unto the Lord what is the Lord." So if you uh, get in decency and order, and you and you structure your your um, church or your church outreach based off of what the government said they're going to fund, then you will get the funding.
7: Mm-hmm. You know, I got a suggestion, and I'm gonna leave y'all a lot of time. When you have a person in those situations then the agent should, should call the family in and say, you got a family member that's down on their back? You need to be taking care of them. If we do, we're going to charge every and last one of you. Okay, okay.
1: okay. You wait, 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 wait. wait. Let, me, let me back up. Let me back up. Let me back up here with that, what you just said. You know, I have an uncle, and my uncle created a situation for himself. And because I own two businesses, and what I do, my uncle told me I was mad at you because people say why are you out here and why are you living the way you living and you got a niece that got da 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 da. My uncle don't talk to me. I don't know his situation. That's not my responsibility. If I became it your only...
7: responsibility. It no your
1: no, it's you and I don't know I
7: where can't you love, are, I more. your children
1: more say this sir because you said family. We got family that we don't even know. How does that mean my responsibility and I don't even know your name.
7: Well that's this that's what you call dysfunctionality.
6: No. That is, is just- one of
7: the problem. You got dysfunctional families. Just as you can Papa was a rolling stone. That comes oh, with a cost at some point in time.
1: Papa don't have to be a rolling stone to have extended family members. You don't know. That doesn't mean Papa was a rolling stone. If you
5: go out and make them, you should know.
1: No, what I'm saying is I got one grandmother had seven kids. Another grandmother had six kids. These kids had kids. These kids had kids. I don't know all these people. Why am I responsible for their situation? And that's one of the problems.
7: (laughs) That's one of the problems. You don't know your own kids and kids. You don't know who your daughter's sleeping with. You don't know what your son's
5: involved.
1: That's why that's
5: one of the problems sir, in the nation.
1: Sir, sir, I take risks and I'm a gambling woman, and I can bet you, you don't know every single one of your family members. You might be related to me and I don't even know you. So if I came to your door, if somebody came to you and said Jeanette Abney is homeless and that is your niece, she needs to come live with you. You don't know me no more, better than a bag of beans. you going to let me in your house, and you don't know me because somebody said I'm your niece?
7: Well, what we can do, what they can do is set some criteria. Make it first cousin. Make it first nieces. Make it first uncles, rather than the 15, 20, and the 50th. Okay.
1: Well, you know what, sir? I'm going to say this. Sometimes we got to watch Can I say before. something? Sorry, I'm, I'm going to Victor. Because, Victor, I know you got a big family. I'm going to say this, sir. Sometimes we gotta watch
7: what we ask for because when you get off this show today, somebody might come knocking on your door. I tell hey. you what, ma'am, if you win the lottery, they show up at your door. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> they probably would, and some of them I probably wouldn't even know. Okay, Victor, what would you about to say? Because we are out of time. What
8: would you about to say, Victor? I know. I was just about to say we're moving the the line of what the discussion was all about, and that was about how we're going to actually serve those people that are homeless or the different. Yeah. No. I think the biggest thing is that we can describe the mountain but how do we actually speak to it to conquer it and that's actually learning how to access those resources that's available mm-hmm. for churches and for nonprofits to meet the needs because there's a lot of resources out there but they just don't know how to access them and it's not based off emotions it's based off a of business structure
1: Right. And you know what, Victor, and that's what I like that you do too. You do offer a business model, but also from a mental health perspective, we have to change our attitudes and beliefs towards things too, because sometimes some things we just don't know. It's a learned behavior. We
2: can't be closed minded. We
1: can't be closed minded. We gotta be more open minded and we gotta share what we know. We gotta share what I, we know.
8: Absolutely. Absolutely. I wasn't I wasn't and, I wasn't, the, the, I wasn't the that. I would just the biggest thing we're trying to house people that are homeless from all uh, different crises that they may have mm-hmm. or challenges that they may have, correct? Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. just saying that the, the government do access resources for all those different populations of people. But the mm-hmm. thing is, there's not enough people, organizations in position to get the funding for it. That's the biggest thing I'm saying. They want to house everybody, but they don't have enough nonprofits in position to facilitate the money to do it.
4: Mm -hmm. Well,
1: one of the things is, and like I said, um, tell them a little bit about what you do, Victor. I know we have time. Tell them what you do. I don't know if you're still doing it, but I know you were setting up a business model structure because a lot of people are not business-minded. I'm not a business-minded person. I don't do things just for money. I provide a service. I enjoy talking to people. I do my best to help people. But my business, it sucks. I ain't going to lie. It sucks. So, what is it that you do what, in health churches, and what is a, what what do you offer?
8: We help churches and nonprofit build fundable programs. And the biggest thing is the misconception is government program, government and state of state programs funds programs. They don't fund activities. A lot of people, when you say you do stuff out of passion, and that passion. The thing is, 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 we can do things out of passion, but in order for us to make the greatest impact, is they must go through a program that you're going to show a outcome based mm-hmm. off the resources that you've. So, yeah, I'm I'm passionate about what we do and for the homeless, but in order for to help them, I need money in order to help them make a transformation. Mhm, that's true. That's,
1: that is true. And not only, only that. Thing. Not only that, Victor, when the churches and the money is out there, the people got to come. A lot of times the people don't come. You got money just sitting there in places with nobody to even give it to. That's a whole other issue that we have.
7: So
0: that's
1: what I agree with.
7: I agree with Victor. I think the government should definitely take care of ventures of war wars. Absolutely. But. There's no love in giving like those who give from their hearts rather than forcing people to give. When you force people to give, like they do with these schemes, using tax dollars, uh-uh. People are despising
8: of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I understood. I believe that the wealth of the wicked is thought up for the righteous. And who are when we said the right, the wicked? We're talking about systems, not the individual people, but wicked systems. And the government has more money. They give out twenty a hundred. They gave out just alone last year ninety ninety trillion dollars mm-hmm. in nonprofit efforts. Mm-hmm. That's how much money they gave out. So the thing is, they want to give out the money. But you still have to show how are you going to facilitate the money, uh-huh. And that's where God has given my wife and I a vision to pull out a billion dollars out this world system in the next three years. Uh-huh. And how well, are we know, going to do that? We're going to are like teach
7: a, what are the reasons We're going to teach churches on how it. to
8: build fundable programs. may it be from homeless programs, maybe it be from food services programs. The thing mm-hmm. is to show them how to build programs that get funded so they can impact their communities for they meet the needs of the people, and they don't have to come from the church's pocket. It can come from the the government in alignment. They don't dictate what you do with the money. They just want you to see how you're going to facilitate the money, even just like a bank loan. The bank want to show you how you're going to pay them back. They want you to prove how you're going to pay them back when you apply for a bank loan, right? So the, the government is saying, we're going to give you, we'll give you the money, but show us on how you're going to facilitate it. Show you how you're going to give us a return on the dollars that we give you. And so uh, if you can show that, then the money's available. We did $10, mil, we did $10 million in six years. Mm-hmm.
1: You know what, too, Victor? A lot of individuals are not even aware of how you can learn how to become a grant writer, how you can learn how to process and access that information. Information is key, yeah. very key. Yeah,
8: information is key, Right.
1: Well,
7: you know another thing, too, Victor. If I, a taxpayer, could keep those dollars in my pocket and give it to a government who don't do right with it anyway, then I would be able to give to the church. Then I would be able to give to this organization, that food pantry and so on. But when you taking my money through some devious tax scheme, I don't have it. Therefore, I have to say no. You guys have a nice day.
1: Well, thank okay, you. so you too. I really appreciate your input. Again, I want to thank you for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Block Talk Radio. Victor, how can somebody find you? How could they connect with you? Let's say they want to start up a church or they want to get information about a 504, 503C. How can they connect with you? I want to say this. I want to share this story because you know my father. My father had mm-hmm. this idea before he passed away about transitional housing for men. And I said, oh, so you want to start a nonprofit organization? I don't want nothing for no profit. If I ain't making no profit, I don't want I said, Lord, this man don't understand a non profit from mm-hmm. a for profit and don't realize <laughs> it's ignorant, but what I'm gonna do with a non profit. I need a profit. What you mean I ain't gonna make no right. I said, Oh my God. And it goes back again, Victor. We gotta educate people. We we really do. And and it's not that if people gonna understand all of this, you're not gonna understand mm. it. There are people that know how to do this stuff. There's individuals that are going to school to learn how to write grants, find grants, do all of this stuff. We've we, we got to be more open-minded. So how can they find you, Victor?
8: They can go to the Miles Factor, um, the Miles Factor, M-Y-L-E-S, Factor, uh, and they'll find us there. Okay dot com. Mm-hmm.
1: Brianna, anything you want to share before we
2: end the show today? Um, just the the part where um, I can't see your face on Facebook. Sorry, <laughs> the part where the one caller said that the church's responsibility was solely on homelessness. I was thinking, like, how would it be um, over the years? Like, the church would only do resources like food, clothing. How would they actually prevent homelessness? Like, what would they provide? They don't provide resources to to find housing or anything like that. So I just don't understand that perception of the church being the only one to that's help people. what people like, think. That's what people go to. There's no way the church could literally help change or improve the homeless population. They don't have all the They have to, you know, stay standing themselves. They can't, you know give housing to people and all that stuff. So I just don't see how that would work. And all. not only
1: that, some
2: of, the church, some of the churches
1: have members in their congregation. They, they have their own members. Mm-hmm. So we just got to be aware It has of that. to
8: come through grant funding. It has to come yeah. through grant funding. It has
1: mm-hmm. to. I'm not aware of that. Well, again, addressing this, the different types of homelessness, I hope you got some information. You can call 211-411. Utilize your information. Your community resources are huge, but don't expect for someone to bail you out of your situation because it's like in regards to do you want a handout or do you want an opportunity. There are opportunities. That lady that called in and said that she's now doing voiceovers with Snoop Dogg and, you know, I've heard a lot of success stories of individuals because you don't understand where they come from, like they say. You don't know or understand their glory until you see hear their story. You, you, you don't know. But we gotta, we got to stop being so judgmental. And I know I'm not responsible for all my family members. That's mm-hmm. not my responsibility. Oh, it's not. <laughs>
0: no. And
1: I'm not going to make it my responsibility, nor do I want to be a burden on somebody else. My daughter, you heard me when I was talking to my daughter on the phone about her car breaking down, mm-hmm. and she wants to know how I know. Some things we just got to figure it out. We've got to utilize what's available for us. Okay, now tomorrow I want to be talking about sacrifice, even though we're still in black history, and tomorrow is the end of February, so we can even talk about how, we didn't talk about how the, the nationalities of homelessness, because there are a lot of African Americans that are homeless, and like I said, they, some people go from to riches, so February, tomorrow, 28th is the last day of black history month, we're going to be talking about some sacrifices that people have made how they make those sacrifices, and sometimes you don't even realize you're making a sacrifice, and just because you do make a sacrifice doesn't mean you got to throw it up in somebody's face. Yeah. So we're going talking about those things. So, again, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Brianna, for helping me. Thank you for listening. If you have any topics, any ideas, any suggestions, I am open to talking about it. My cousin Cedric was the one that wanted me to do this topic and his button left me. So, <laughs> but, Victor, you kind of filled in for me. I appreciate you, Victor. I appreciate you. So, I appreciate
8: he, you allowing me to, to speak.
1: No problem. I appreciate you. So, again, anything you want to share, anything you want to, I have a platform. I use it to the best of my ability. It's about providing information, resources, encouraging and empowering individuals. So, again, my name is Jeanette Abney, and I am a licensed Therapists provide a variety of services, and like I said, as we were talking about the homelessness, addressing substance abuse issues, addressing mental health issues, addressing relationship issues, addressing financial issues, teaching them um, about finances. It's a lot of things that we can teach individuals to help them to improve their situation, but you got to want it. Mm-hmm. You've got to want it, okay? So until tomorrow, remember, check and have a blessed day. Bye-bye.